I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 97.1 FM Talk Podcast. Hey, Eddie is off today, the day after Christmas show. Mike Elam, who's sitting in today. Uh, Leah's running the board today. Ryan Wiggins is running around the station. He'll be back a little bit later on this hour. Hope your Christmas was good. Hope you're finding those great after Christmas deals. If you're one of those folks who like to go out and uh, cash in on all the closeout stuff. I know Ryan was trying to go uh, make some deals on the wrapping paper and all that kind of stuff. So he said he was too early when he was trying to get that done. So I know what Ryan's going to be doing on his way back home. Hey, I wanted to introduce you to my friend John Weeman, who was joining us today. John, how are you, sir? I'm doing fantastic, Mike. Hope your Christmas was good. Christmas was good and uh, looking forward to the new year. John is the former Speaker Pro Temp of the Missouri House of Representatives. He is currently the Vice President of Workforce and Strategic Initiatives at St. Charles Community College. I appreciate you making some time on this holiday week. I know school's out, so I'm assuming that you're probably getting a week to decompress and uh, just kind of uh, relax a little bit. You know, it is nice uh, to, to work for a higher education uh, organization because uh, they do they do take off for the Christmas holidays. So I, I am getting that uh, that week of uh, time off. So I'm, I'm enjoying it, but I'm still doing a lot of catch-up work as well. You know, there's always something to be done, especially at St. Charles Community College. And we'll talk about that in a little bit because you guys have three campuses now. You just keep growing and growing and growing, and, and we'll touch on that in a little bit. But I wanted to reach out to you because um, you spent eight years in the – Missouri House, and you saw a lot of stuff uh, that happened in the Missouri House. But as we look forward into 2024, I don't know that I have ever seen a time going into the legislature where I would expect any less for our legislature to get done, if for no other reason than because it feels like half of them are running for other offices against people they're currently serving with. I was curious, what's your expectation going into the new year? Well, you know, I'm usually pretty optimistic about every beginning of every year um, that, you know, there'll be some things that'll get done. I know last year I was, a lot of us were, were pessimistic, I guess, last year. And, you know, they did get a fair amount of things accomplished. But, you know, given the circumstances now, as you mentioned, with you've got a major presidential election next year you have um you know many you know, our statewide candidates um all almost all of them are up for uh, election 
and you have a lot of open seats and and then you've got a lot of state senate seats that are going to be uh, open and, and then some uh, senators are being uh, incumbent senators are being challenged which is interesting and uh, also some house incumbents are being challenged so yeah i, I think it's going to be a little a little crazy down in jeff city uh, this coming year so do you remember a time when you had that many people who were running for other offices while they're going into a session or is it just this is me paying attention I think it's a combination of you paying attention and, and then this is kind of a little bit unusual. I don't recall since maybe when I guess Greitens ran for governor uh, where he had that many statewide um, office holders that were up for uh, for election. Um, it, you know, the last the last time it happened was, you know, almost four years ago. You had all incumbents that were running to, you know, to, to retain their seats. And he had a few changes, you know, in the AG's office. And then when the governor got to appoint a bunch of different people because of one person, you know, Josh Hawley moving on, um, you know, that, that created some, some chain reactions. But this this will be kind of a new thing that hasn't happened in probably about 10 years. Well, now you've got Josh Hawley, who's actually up uh, for his U.S. Senate seat that, yeah. that he's going to be running. You've got a governor. You've got a lieutenant governor. You've got all those statewides. But then all of them except for the auditor. All and, of them and that's what I'm saying. I mean, it's all the statewides, and then you throw in, you know, half the senators. And of that, there are several of the incumbent ones that are being challenged. So when you were getting ready to go into a new session and you would sit down with the speaker and the leadership team, how did you guys go about putting together what were going to be your priorities as you go into session? Well, normally that happens uh, well in advance of the, the new session. Uh, we'll have our winter caucus meeting, and you'd sit down and kind of talk with the fellow Republican caucus members and just kind of get, get an idea as to what's on their minds, what's in, what's you know of interest. Um, a lot you can tell by the number of uh, bills that are filed in particular topics. So, like, for example, this year, about right now, there's 690 House bills that have been pre-filed. And then on the House side or on the Senate side, uh, 556 Senate bills have been filed. So that's a pretty good clip of bills being filed. And now you can kind of go through those bills and kind of look and see which ones, you know, where the common theme is. I always say it's like Groundhog Day because it seems like we always tackle the same issues every year. It never really changes. A few, few little nuances here and there, but that's probably what's going to happen next year. And, and, and quite honestly, there's going to be a lot of people are going to be filing bills to, just to get attention. And, you know, those are ones that don't really have a chance of going anywhere, but they'll file them so they can get on the TV or get on the radio and talk about their bill just to get attention, you know, because they're running for office. I know a couple of those that have happened already that people have already started having those conversations. But yeah, their their bills aren't going to go anywhere. They're not going to pass either chamber, but yet they they file them just just to get attention. So I'm curious when you say it's Groundhog Day, and I agree with that because we see it a lot, uh, especially in in the legislature in Missouri. We have a lot of the same type of bills, the same subjects that keep coming up over and over and over year after year. Why is that? Why, Why do we not seem to get a topic settled for a while? I don't know what the real answer is to that, uh, Mike, to be honest with you. I, I've, I've kind of studied that whole concept of 
us, you know, constantly tackling the same issues over and over again over years. I think part of it is it just takes a long time to pass certain types of legislation. Um, and then, you know, life happens, things change, circumstances change. And so you have to go back and redo things. And um, I, I will say this, I'll tell you an interesting story. When I was a young man helping my dad run for state Senate back in 1990, um, I used to, back in the day when they had newspapers, you could actually go to the Missouri Press Association and you could go in and you could, you could uh, file a, a uh, an advertisement with them and then they would put it in all the newspapers in, in, you know, in the state of Missouri, you know, for one, one price. And it was really convenient. And when I was there, there was this old guy, he was sitting there and he had a, a big old book full of, of advertisements going back to like the forties and fifties. Wow. And I started flipping, I started flipping through them and looking at these old advertisements of old politicians that we all, you know, uh, Hearns and, and Carnahan and, you know, just old, you know, elected officials from back in the day. And it was funny because they were all talking about the same things. We want better roads. We want better schools. We want, the, you know, it was just like, oh my gosh, this is, they're repeating the same things over and over again. So this is not a new thing. Go back and look at all the history of politics. And they're typically talking about the same things that we're always concerned about. Well, I, I realize that we're all going to worry about roads. We're all going to worry about schools because it's something that affects all of us. But it, has it always been the case, and I, I shouldn't say always, never use absolutes, correct? So yep. it seems that we have been in a, in a holding pattern, and I'll say for at least the last three years, where the House tends to get stuff done and get it passed, and then it goes to the Senate, and it just sort of sits there until the very last week, and then it's how much stuff can we shove through the window and, and get it out the door before time expires. Is it, has well, it always been yeah, that way, say, or does it just feel that way lately? Well, I, from based on what I've talked to former legislators going back long before my time, it has not always been that way. Part of it has to do with term limits. Um, you know, although I still believe in term limits, I think term limits has definitely hurt us in Missouri because um, now the bureaucrats and, and the executive branch are really in control of the legislature. Um, you know, by the time you, you get in there long enough to start, you know, understanding what's going on and being able to, to, to affect change, you're gone. You're, you're term limited out. Um, so I do think that's we're, – we're seeing the effects of, of term limits with regards to how government is operating, how the legislature operates. I mean, you can – you can clearly see that the, the problems that we've been having recently in the House, especially in the House, were, you know, some staffers and some folks, um, you know, thought that they were in charge of the House and really ran the House for, for all intent and purposes behind the scenes. You know, when the Speaker decided that, you know, he wouldn't make a change, you know, they didn't like that. And, um, you know, I'm not a big, big uh, person that talks about the swamp, but I will tell you, you know, this is at the state level and the federal level, it sure looks like there's a lot of bureaucrats uh, and the administrative branch that are just running the show and not not Congress and not the, the state legislature. You know, with that being said, is there a reason why term limits have not been revisited? Because when I talk to a lot of state elected folks, they share that opinion. And uh, it's it's something that we can see to where you're Speaker of the House, you're going to get two years out of them. And then you're going to roll to a new speaker. So in terms of consistency, 
you really don't have a consistent flow of getting things done. And everybody that I've talked to pretty much agrees with that. Is there a reason why we don't go back and maybe change the year amount? Like right now you can do eight in the House and eight in the Senate. Why not just make it 16 total, spend it how you want? But no one seems to be even trying to uh, bring that up. Because it, you, all the polling data and everything else, you go out on the street and you ask the average person, the average voter, are you for uh, for term limits? And they're going to say, yeah. And just you just cannot, you just can't get past that. It would take a, a tremendous amount of time and education and money to get people to understand that term limits. While I, I still believe in them, and actually I've argued what we should do is get rid of this regular term limits, but have term limits on leadership, so you can't have. A person be speaker of the house for 20 years or be in, in, in leadership positions. I think if you limit that, I think you'd have a better outcome than limiting the, the terms of members. But, um, you know, I served eight years. I, I think for me, 12 in the house probably would have been good, maybe, maybe 16, but I always say I probably wouldn't have been able to, to run for office that hadn't been for term limits. So I don't necessarily disagree with term limits. I just think that they need to be a little bit longer and you need to maybe have limits on on uh, leadership. I think if you do that, I think and you'll accomplish the goal of getting, you know, reasonable amount of turnover in the in the House and the Senate. Um, and that's really the problem. You, you, like you said, you're getting a new speaker every two years. It'd be like getting a new, you know, new CEO of a company every two years, yeah, or a new, no new principal, or new. I mean, it, exactly. And and it's just you know. When you when you're in leadership, you have your staff, you have the people that you know and trust that that help you, you know, execute the plan. And um, you know, those people, a lot of them, you know, do stay there um, and manage to get a job. You know, the next person, you know, that's that moves up. But you know, you do have turnover in this in the staffing too, because a lot of times they're not paid as well as they are in the private sector. And so it's that's the problem right now. Our legislature. At the state level, although it's not near as bad as Congress, but you know Congress has just really become inept, um, and it's not—it's not as powerful as it needs to be in order to stop the madness. And the same thing at the state legislature level, I and mean, just, you just have a legislature that's not as strong as it probably should be. Um, it's stronger than than you know Congress, but it's not as strong as it needs to be. We're talking with John Weeman, former speaker, uh, former speaker pro temp of the Missouri House. But your full time gig now is working at St. Charles Community College. I wanted to talk to you just for a couple of minutes that we have left here of uh, everything that seems to be going on at St. Charles Community College. I think the last time that I talked to you was when we were doing the ga- the groundbreaking for your Winsville campus of what's going to be going on. So you guys just have all kinds of things that are happening now across multiple campuses. Yeah, I'm mean, I'm excited about the the things that are happening with the college. I mean, it's it's a lot of it is because the citizens of St. Charles County uh, voted to uh, on the Proposition Community College uh, tax and and bond to give us additional monies to to do that expansion. Uh, we were fortunate enough, the timing was right, where we had some money from the state, the state, obviously the ARPA funds and some other federal funds to help us with this expansion uh, into the uh, kind of our workforce campus out in Winsville. And they've started construction, and it's exciting that, you know, you start seeing the dirt moved around, and hopefully the building will they'll start putting the foundation down here in the next maybe 
couple weeks that you'll start to see it physically the building being built is, is when you kind of get really excited but yeah i mean this is the future i mean we know that that we have to uh change and there's a lot of things that we're doing behind the scenes at the college to make it better and make it more responsive to the uh to the students and to the community and so you know dr cavalier and and her her leadership team is has been working pretty hard for the last couple of years to to bring a lot of this stuff to fruition and we're starting to it's starting to bear fruit now. Well, St. Charles Community College has a lot of exciting things and I'm I'm curious to see where that's going to go. I'm excited to see where that's going to go and I appreciate you spending a couple minutes with us just to talk about I know with your experience it's good to get a non-biased opinion of what you're expecting to see in the legislature and it sounds like we could still be hopeful that that they may still get some stuff done uh despite all of the infighting that I think we can pretty much expect. Yeah, I, you know, like I said, I'm, I'm cautiously optimistic, although it, most likely it's going to be similar to what kind of happened last year. I think there's a, there'll be, you know, they'll get some, a few bills that need to get passed uh, through the House and the Senate. Um, but ultimately, the, the, the number one thing that the legislature has to do is pass a budget, a balanced budget. And I'm pretty confident they're going to do that. Well, go and do no harm, I guess would be where we kind yeah. of end up. Well, John, I appreciate you taking the time. I hope your New Year's works out uh, fantastic for you and the family, and I will see you next year. You too, Mike. Enjoy being on the show. Thanks. Appreciate the time. Matt Pauley is going to join us on the other side. Uh, this is my favorite time of year when it comes to football because it is bowl game, bowl game, bowl game. There's like 12 of them on today. That may be an exaggeration, but there's a lot. So we're going to talk to Matt Polly. What's going on in the sports world? On the other side, it's Mike Elaman for Annie Fry today and 97.1 FM Talk. It's the day after Christmas, and all through the station, people are chatting about what what a horrible cold Annie Fry has today. So thanks, David. Uh, for, for talking about that. Sounds like Annie has a cold. And Annie looks a little rough today. Ouch! Ouch! Annie looks a little rough today. Brad, I get Brad it. does too. You know, I, and I will give you, when Annie is on, Annie is on. Like, she is ta-da when she sits down ta-da. here to do this. She is. Yes. And and I sit down, it's like, yeah, we had to go wide-angle camera to get all of the Mike Elam in. Because you could do a narrow camera with Annie and she will fit, but it takes a wider angle to get all this in. We had a lot of food yesterday. So, you know, you had to you had to go big. So, appreciate the shot there, David. It's uh, it's always good. <laughs> Annie Fry listeners are always fun. Hey, another person who's always fun is Matt Pauley. He is the KMO Experts Open Line host. Matt, how are you, sir? I am good. Thanks for having me on. Man, it's always good to talk to you. It's uh, Whether it's in the hallway or on the radio, it's, it's always good to catch you. So, I appreciate the time that you're giving us today. You are always on top of everything. I guess that's your job, right? To always be on top of everything happening with sports. Uh, I want to talk to you about national championship, uh, Mizzou game that's coming up on Friday, Cotton Bowl. But I wanted to kind of start with, because Cardinals seems to be your thing that you do on a regular basis when you were the studio host for the radio network. Have you been surprised with the off-season uh, moves so far, or did you expect more? <sighs> I wouldn't say surprised. I, you know, if you listen to John Moselak talk, he told you what he was going to do. He was going to go get three starting pitchers, and he's done that. 
Uh, if you listen to him talk, he told you he wanted to trade Tyler O'Neill. He did that. So I, I don't think surprise is the right word. Now, would you like to see a little bit more get done? Would you like to have seen another starting pitcher? Would you like to see a lot more work done to the bullpen? Yeah, absolutely. But there's still there's still a lot of time left in the offseason. So he's he's done the things that he said he was going to do. So therefore, I don't think there's any surprise to that. Do you have expectations that we should expect more to get done? Yeah, I do. On In the bullpen, I absolutely do. And I'm not a... I'm, I'm a little less optimistic right now than maybe I was a couple weeks ago on what that's going to look like because I want to see them bring in a couple guys who you can trust in the seventh and the eighth and the ninth innings. Even if Ryan Helsley's your closer, he's not going to be closing out every game. He's a guy that throughout his career he's not been available, whether it was due to injury or whether it was due to uh, not pitching back-to-back days or pitching two out of three days, those type situations. So um, they – I keep saying you go back to last season and as rough as the starting pitching was, the bullpen was the bigger issue because of the how many leads that they ended up blowing. Now, it is also connected to each other because you didn't get very good starting pitching and that in, ended up impacting the amount of a usage for your bullpen. I don't think the bullpen performed quite as well, but to just... I'm, I'm not super comfortable with the way the bullpen is built right now. I think they've got to go out and get a guy or two that's got some experience, that's been around for a while, maybe at one point in their career was a closer, isn't afraid of the ninth inning. It takes a different kind of guy to get those final three outs. You know, the outs number 25, 26, and 27, those are, those are different feeling outs in, in close games, and you just got to have the right guys to do that. And if Ryan Helsley isn't available – uh, with, as as good as Jojo Romero was, as as much hope as there is about um, Giovanni Gallegos getting back to to who he previously was, I just that that's the area. I'm just babbling on at this point because I want to see them add to the back of the bullpen. Are you surprised at the amount of money that is getting thrown around at other teams, not necessarily the Cardinals, but I mean, you're seeing we've got a seven hundred million dollar contract. That just got thrown down. Is any of this ever going to stop? Or do you see uh, it's just going to be feast for these teams like like Dodgers and those who have the the big budgets and the rest of us are just going to play for second place? Well, the, the top tier teams are always going to spend a lot of money, but I don't think... Uh, spending is actually down a little bit. That's, And I'm not trying to poo-poo a $700 million contract, but so much of that money is being deferred. It's actually being valued at about $490 million. Again, that's a, that's a lot of money, but it's not a $700 million contract because of what the value of the money right now actually is, and the value of it right now is at about $490 million. The only one that actually kind of bothered me a little bit uh, was the contract that Yamamoto got with the Dodgers because – He's never thrown a pitch in Major League Baseball, and he just signed the largest contract ever for a pitcher in the history of Major League Baseball. Wow. Like Otani, he's gonna he, he's gonna make the Dodgers that money back. He's worth every penny of that contract uh, from both a performance standpoint and from a, what he's going to do for the Dodgers ticket sales, endorsements, uh, the the attraction from other countries looking in. I, I, I think it's clear that Otani's worth that money. 
But the Yamamoto contract, I'm a big Yamamoto guy. I think he's going to be really, really good. I think all his numbers in Japan uh, show that he's got the opportunity to be a very good pitcher in Major League Baseball. But it it does irk me a little bit when he's making he's getting the largest contract in the history of baseball without ever throwing a pitch in Major League Baseball. So again, we talk about these big numbers and everything. A lot of teams are are, are kind of they're not spending as much money right now. We're in this weird period with teams not really knowing what's going on with regional sports networks, um, and there are teams that are definitely going into salary dumps right now. We're seeing that a bit with the Padres. We're seeing that with the Twins. There's some other teams out there as well. But uh, yeah, there, I mean, look, if just from a surface level standpoint, you look at the money that's being thrown around right now and kind of what the, the headlines are, it looks, it's very, very noticeable. It, it is. Well, and that's why I have guys like you on to help me make sense. They go, hey, hey, hey. There, there's some big ones, but those are the one-offs, right? A, a lot of other things are different. One and of the, one, if I can let's say one more thing, too, yeah. if you don't mind. Um, the Otani deal, so he he deferred like $680 million of the $700 million. He is the only guy in baseball who can do that because he makes more money in endorsements per year than he makes in salary. He makes better than $30 million endorsements. Second on that list, uh, depending on what list you're looking at, it's either Aaron Judge or Mike Trout. Judge and Trout make between four and six million dollars per year in endorsements. So think about that. Otani's somewhere between thirty and forty million dollars per year in endorsements. Number two is Judge or Trout at four to six. So wow. it's a, he's living in a different world when it comes to what he can do in terms of deferred money compared to every other player walking the face of the earth. That is crazy. That's getting to Michael Jordan type numbers. Yeah. Wow. Hey, I, w- I want to switch gears on you real quick because I've only got a couple of minutes left. I want to talk football. Uh, so I saw the Mizzou game is happening Friday night, right? So yes. uh, playing in the Cotton Bowl against Ohio State, it seems like from what I'm seeing, it, like up to 20 players with Ohio State may not play in that game. Is that still true? Yeah, a lot of including their starting quarterback who's already transferred out of the program. It's uh, and they're they're back favored by the way. Missouri had uh, been favored for a while. The, when the game first was first announced, Ohio State was the favorite. The line shifted to Missouri it has now shifted back to Ohio State, but it's a one point spread, so it's essentially a pick 'em at this point. Why did it switch back to Ohio State? I'm sure it was just a reaction to betting. You know, that's how okay. it, the, you know, the 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 sports books want to. Um, want to make sure that they're getting about half of the betting public to bet on one side and half of the betting public to bet on the other side. They, you know, That's what people think a point spread is the expected, you know, somebody's going to win by two points. In definition it is, but really what a point spread is, is a sports book's ability to try to get half the public on one side and half the public on the other side because the book always wins if you're getting 50% of the bet. So I would assume the betting public started going heavy on Ohio State and that accounted for the two-point swing. But I'm not a big sports gambling guy, so that's that, I don't know that for sure. I have a friend of mine who says can the legislature please get sports betting passed in missouri i want this so much i'm like i'm too cheap to bet so i'm i'm more of uh you know we bet for bragging rights more than we do dollars but uh i, I wanted to ask you about the season that mizzou had on the field really seems to have translated to their recruiting efforts and they seem to be recruiting a much better team uh because of of putting those wins on is is winning the Cotton Bowl going to make a lot of difference, or is it just the fact that they got to the Cotton Bowl already given them the win? Yeah, I think they've already got all the momentum that they need. I'm not trying to be uh, – let's be very clear. 
winning the Cotton Bowl, beating Ohio State, having an 11-win season. All of those things are fantastic accomplishments. They should not be poo-pooed whatsoever, and I really hope that Missouri wins this game. But when it comes to specifically recruiting, I don't think that that's going to have much of an impact. And I would actually are uh, Eli Drinkwitz has recruited at a high level. Now, he has not gotten those high-level recruits up until this year to play at that high level, really. Uh, but And this year it all came together. But that man is one heck of a recruiter, and he's got a staff that recruits well. I think they've got all the momentum that they need. And when it comes specifically towards recruiting and performance next season and years moving forward, I really don't think the, the result of this bowl game is going to impact much. I didn't know that he had the – crap talking game to to rephrase it as much as he does until I started seeing what he's done out of state where he'll recruit a big player out of state and he's buying billboards in their hometown that puts them up with Mizzou right there I'm like wow he did it in Arkansas he did it in Tennessee I mean what a smack in the face to uh to those states that he went in it's like I am unapologetically going to throw the gauntlet down and just throw it in your face. Look, that's what you have to do if you're at a place like Missouri. You don't have to do that if you're at Alabama or LSU or Clemson or you know places like that. Uh, but Missouri, if they want to, they would be in the college football playoff if the college football playoff had already expanded this year. If we're talking about Missouri as being a team that can legitimately be contending for a spot in the expanded college football playoff, then you can't just kind of go recruit the way everybody else recruits. You got to have a little bit of bravado to you, and uh, Drink's got a lot of that. <laughs> he definitely does. It was pretty funny. I saw those billboards pop up on social media. I'm like, he did what? Like, wow. Okay, so he is throwing it down. What is what a difference a season makes, right? Because I remember last year, a bunch of Mizzou fans at the end of the year were talking about we need to get rid of this guy. He doesn't. He doesn't win. He doesn't have winning seasons. Like, why do why do we even have this guy? And then all of a sudden, boom, it, it all comes together. It just takes a while to put the pieces together. And then all of a sudden, you can be great. And so is Matt Pauley. So I appreciate you taking some time, uh, especially when you didn't have to, especially last minute, to come on and talk sports with me for a little bit today on the Annie Fry Show. Anytime. I always enjoy chatting with you. That is Matt Pauley. You can catch him on Sports Open Line on KMOX. He's also the studio host for the Cardinals Radio Network and always a good guy just to have a conversation with. We are going to wrap this up with a conversation with Ryan Wiggins on the other side. Hey, your YouTube live chat poll, you still got time to weigh in on that. Is Does a third-party candidate stand a chance in the 2024 election? Yes or no? Go on to the YouTube live chat poll, get your votes in, and we will do all the totals on that on the other side. It's the Annie Fry Show. My name is Mike Elam, sitting in for Annie Fry today. Even though I am a much rougher looking Annie Fry, according to David. On- this episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. 97.1 FM Talk. The Annie Fry Show is streaming online. Watch us live on YouTube and subscribe. Some people say a man is made out of mud. This oh, is the Annie Fry Show. Muscle and blood, muscle and blood, and skin and bones. A mind that's weak and a back that's strong. You load 16 tons. It's the Annie Fry Show, day after Christmas. Getting ready to put the final touches on this one. Ryan Wiggins has stepped back into the studio. Hello. Hello again. Good to have you back. Thank again. you very much. So I, I haven't heard this Rolo thing. So we played it Friday, okay. but it's, so it's only played on the radio one time. We did not end up putting it in the Christmas special because we were basically done with it by the time we had this finished. Okay. So this has only been on the air one time, so I don't fault you for not hearing it. It's a one time only. And I am going to, a little plug here, okay. this, this weekend for my show, I'm going to do a best of the bits, all the skits and bits that we've done Throughout the year, both on my show and some on this show, I'm playing those all this weekend. So, and you, what time can we catch that? Six to eight a.m. on Saturday. Okay. Five to seven p.m. on Sunday. And if so, if you don't tune in during those times or you don't hear the whole thing and you want to hear all of them packed into one show, get the podcast. It's a very easy way to hear all the stuff we've done this year. So this is going to be one of them, though. Hey, because I, I made the year. I it's it's funny. And I, I want to tell the story of how this came about after we play it because I thought it was very funny. You were hosting the Margaret Reardon show yes. at the time. Yes. And some conversations that we were having long distance while you were basically on the air <laughs> trying to get this done. So I'm going to play it. Uh, Leah is also on this. I am as well. So is Brad and it's Trisha. It's a family mm-hmm. affair. Everybody had some lines. And I, I, I didn't, so I was not around for the recording of any of this. You did your own lines. Leah did her own lines. Brad did his lines. I don't think that I hid. A lot of times what I'll do is I'll hide the other person's lines okay. so that you will only see yours and Leah, you'd only see yours. I didn't do that this time, but my understanding is when Brad went in <clears throat> to record these with Leah and Trisha, that he did not give them any context. And so you've never heard it. Nope. Leah's heard it once. It's called Put a Rollo on it. So for the day after Christmas, still some good advice if you have Christmas parties. Here we go. If you're headed out to a Christmas party and you don't know what to bring, remember this simple advice. Put a Rolo on it. 
Take anything you've got and put a Rolo on it for the easiest dessert imaginable. A pretzel? Put a Rolo on it. A cornflake? Put a Rolo on it. What about a chip? Put a Rolo on it. Toast, maybe? Put a Rolo on it. A Rolo is a dessert by itself. That's what's so great about put a Rolo on it. You're not really doing that much. But you do have to unwrap each individual Rolo. That's not that hard. So I could just unwrap Rolos and put them on a platter? That's technically putting them on something. Yes. Now, if you want to get really fancy, then put an M&M on the Rolo. That's brilliant. Yes, it is, because it's just candy. But you still get credit for making something. So take my advice and put a Rolo on it. There you go. That's awesome. Yeah. You even, so you mix that up that's different than what the script is. I think so. Yeah, you do that a lot. Because you went back in, it it had, on my script, it had all the individual comments together. Yes. And then you went back and you took different, put a Rolo different on it. Different versions of you yelling, yeah. put a Rolo on it. <laughs> put a Rolo on it. So what's what's the backstory that you want to tell about that? Well, I, I just thought it was funny because I had this idea kicking around for that script or put a Hershey's Kiss on or whatever, like, because it just cracks me up when we I go to parties. I love these things. I'll sit there and eat 40 of these things if they'll let me. But it's basically because I just like candy. I don't care. Like, you could also just put M&Ms out, and I would do the same thing. And the Rolo thing, though, always makes me laugh because they're presented as a dessert. Like, look what I've made. It's a piece of candy. But really, people just like eating it. Because they like eating Rolos. Exactly. <laughs> it's chocolate and caramel. It's exactly. awesome. Yeah. So there are a lot of varieties of those types of things. They're all good. I don't blame you for doing it. But it is kind of cheap it, for a dessert. Very much. And uh, so, I, so I've thought that for years. And at the last second, I'm like, I need to do something with that. I think I could make something out of that that everybody would identify with. So I started writing the script in my head. And then it's, you know, getting close to Friday and Friday on this show, if you don't know, is really, really busy for me personally because of X's and O's. Yeah, that's a lot of work. Because I'm also prepping my own weekend show um, Friday, <laughs> Monday. It's like a gradient. Monday is my least busy day. And then Friday is like 50% of my job happens on Friday. <laughs> so the rest of everything happens Thursday and before. So I, I'm getting really close to the deadline. I'm like, man, I just don't know if I'm have time to do this. But you happen to be hosting the Mark Reardon show on Thursday. Oh, and a little more context: Trisha happened to bring in that exact dessert on Wednesday. <laughs> did not know that I was already working on this in my head. And I'm like, well, that solidifies it. I'm writing this thing, and we're doing it now. It's a now sign. I can make Trisha be in it, and she has a personal vendetta against me, of course. Now, um, but what she said was. When I told her, I'm writing this thing, she goes, it is a lot of work, though. You do have to unwrap them. And I'm like, that's a line in the thing now. <laughs> so it is a lot of work. I mean, I have to unwrap the candy. So as I'm writing, and I do this with all kinds of stuff, not just that I write here, because I write like crazy all the time. If I'm writing a script for some other purpose, I usually try to picture a person in that role. The whole time I'm writing this, I'm writing it with you in mind. <laughs> I don't know why. I'm just like, this is a Mike Elam script. I love that. I had no idea whether you were going to be here or whether I was going to have to text you and see if you could find a studio somewhere. I have one at home. In. Well, then that would have worked. So but you yeah. happen to be here. 
which made it really easy, and we did it in between breaks. So I gave you the script on Thursday as I was coming in here because I'm – or was it Friday? No, Thursday. It was Thursday. And you were hosting Mark Reardon's show Thursday. Well, then when you're hosting that show and I'm on this show, we don't really see a lot of each other. Right. Because I'm on – three hours, then you're on, and we just don't cross a lot of paths other than just in the hallway. Exactly. So, but not enough to have a conversation, explain like, okay, this is what I'm doing. Yeah. So I had to give it to Abby, who had to then tell you this is what this is, and then I left and you're on. So I, I'm telling you now, am getting calls from Mike Elam in commercial breaks while he's hosting Mark Reardon's show. Right. And I'm on my way home, and then you call me like a half hour later, you're like, okay, I did a take, but this is what I did. And, and now I'm in Walmart, like, shopping for Christmas, and you go, tell me how to read this thing. Like, do a version of it. And I'm like, Mike, I'm in Walmart in like, the checkout. It's okay. And you're they, like, I don't they'd care. They'd love to hear. Yeah. <laughs> Come on. So, so I'm like, okay, Mike, do it like this. Put a Rolo on. I'm trying to be quiet. Put a Rolo on it. And you're like, that's not helping me. You're whispering. <laughs> well, and, and to give to give people some context, so if if you're if you're a voiceover person and you do voiceovers for a living or you do them as a side hustle like I do. So a lot of times people write scripts like Ryan's talking about, and they'll give you a script. But if you're the person who has to voice it, it really helps if you know, how did you hear this in your head, right? And I had a, a director at one point tell me, sound like a doctor. Okay. For, not for this. No, but for a, for a piece of copy. And they gave me, and I said, so how did you hear this in your head? And they said, I really want you to sound like a doctor. What this person didn't understand was the last doctor that I had just seen was a doctor who said, thank you for coming in today, Mr. Elam. We are going to be going through this type of procedure today ax- for okay. you. Yeah, an okay? And I'm like. That's what he wanted. That was my frame of reference when he said, sound like a doctor. And I'm like, I'm going to guess that's not what's in your head. So I started asking a few more questions. But direction matters, right? Yeah, it does, because I really screwed up, which is why you had to call me. Well, Because I wrote on the script, okay, Mike, sound like you are an idiot and you don't care about anything. Yeah. Sounding <laughs> like an idiot, my wife will tell you, is an easy one, right? And not caring. But I'm like, does that mean put a Rolo on it? It's a candy. It's really not that hard. Just put a roll on. And I said, no, exact opposite. Right. Full energy, complete. Which who is where cares? you get to where you yeah. heard. So that's where we got to that. I, I love what you did with it. I thought it was I thought it was really funny when I read the script, and I think it sounds even better. So, so. follow-up story that I did not tell on Friday. N- now tell my, it quickly, because we have literally three right, minutes. My family did not hear that, and then I'm at a Christmas Eve party with my family, and a friend goes, or uh, uh, my cousin, she goes, oh, man, I should have brought some of those Rolo things. She goes, they're so darn easy, except that you have to unwrap them. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe it. I can't believe you're saying had, this in my presence. Had she heard it? She or had did not she, heard, she had she not known had anything Trisha about moment. it. She did not know, and she confirmed what Trisha had said, that they are <laughs> the unwrapping is the hardest part of making them. The unwrapping is a real hassle. Yeah. You know, if I could just have these without the wrapper, Mm-hmm. That would be I'd awesome. I'd probably eat them with the wrapper if it came down to it. <laughs> they they are pretty, pretty good. good. Hey, before we get out today, though, we do have a live chat poll that we want to get the results. And that is, does a third party have a chance in the 2024 election? Yes or no? Ryan and I have both 
weighed in on this one earlier today, and and we've both pretty much come to the same conclusion. They've got a better chance than they probably ever had, but they still don't really have a chance to win this. Did I recap your feelings? I think so. Yeah, I said they, they have a better chance than they usually do, and the answer is still no. Yes. Leah, where did you come down in this? No. No. Yeah. <laughs> That's that was well put. Yes. Way to way to put some backstory Thank into that you. one. We've that got good. uniform opinions, which yes. which a lot of times doesn't always translate to the poll, but I have a feeling in this one we're gonna see a lot of no's. So what do our poll results results look like on this? So that means that either uh either Leah or I am gonna pull it up as we speak. Right? Do you right. have it? I don't. Okay, Ryan I'll pull did. it up. Annie Fry. Because if I pull it up the other way, I can. I don't want to see the results until the end, so this is a way to ah. uh, not do that. So, okay. It's the backstory of how polls yeah. work. And now we're going to sit through an ad. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the results of the poll, any, any guesses? Like, give me a guess of how, what you think, how many people said no. Percentage. I'm going to guess 82% said no. 75. Mike wins. Okay. Hey! It, it was... 86% say no, but that means that 14% of our audience believes that a third party does have a chance, which says something in and of itself, because if 14% of the people listening just to the Annie Fry show think that maybe there's a shot for a third party candidate, you might see a larger percentage of America voting for a third party candidate. I'm going to guess that 14% are answering that with their with their heart, not their head. That's possible. I'm I'm going to say that because I'm I am with the Annie Fry folks, and we're fifty seven fifty, right? Yes. So I'm I'm with the Annie Fry folks in saying that uh, this this cast here, you guys are Desantis people. I'm well, a, I'm not. Oh, but, but Brad and Aunt. Well, you know what? They're whoever the nominee is, people. But they tend to lean in the well, primary. Well, I'm I'm going to be whoever the nominee is as well. Yeah. And I think the nominee is Donald Trump. I think I think Trump's going to win this. I do, I do think DeSantis will make a great president one day. It's not going to be next year unless something off the charts happens. But I think he would be great. But I, I just don't see anybody beating Donald Trump with the way things are going. And I'm I'm actually good with that. I mean, four years under Trump was fantastic. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm also looking forward to being back here tomorrow. Yep. Ryan's going to be back here tomorrow, correct? Yes. Leah's going to be back here tomorrow, feeling yep. even more confident mm-hmm. than she did Great today. Great job today. Thank uh, you. Congrats to Drew. No one busted in the studio today except for Tricia, and I understand why. Uh, but but beyond that, everybody else was secure. I will see you tomorrow. Mark Reardon is coming up next because he is a very hardworking man. It's going to be a great show. My name is Mike Elam. I appreciate spending some time with you on 97.1 FM Talk. Get more at 971talk.com. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
Odyssey is giving you a chance to win a trip to London to see Taylor Swift at the Eras Tour. It's Tay in the UK. Hey, it's Taylor. Just download the free Odyssey app, log in and listen to a participating station for a minimum of 60 minutes to get your daily entry. And you could win a chance to fly off to London with three friends and see Taylor. I can't wait to see you at the Eras Tour in London. For more, go to odyssey.com slash Taylor. Tay in the UK. It's on the Odyssey app. Thanks to Republic Records. This is a national contest. Hey.